solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. John, this is getting out of hand, man. Before I give the floor over to you, do you realize the Houston Texans have closed out their regular season series against the Indianapolis Colts, losing by a combined 62-3? to Oh, uh, yeah, no. And <laughs> as much as we may not want to meet today for another episode of the Locked On Texans, we got to. And welcome in. Thank you guys for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. I am John Hickman, of course. Joined by Cody Davis. We are free and available on all platforms. Not a victory Monday, which we suspected already. Heading into Sunday's game against the Indianapolis Colts, as Cody alluded to, the two games that we played against the Colts so far this year has resulted in a combined of 61, 62 points. 62 to three. To three. To three. The Houston Texans and the ability to score continues. Cody. Let's talk Texans. Let's get the folks ready, man. We're here to talk Texans, so let's do it. And on this losing Monday of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to just do something completely different. Of course, we're going to talk about the game. But ladies and gentlemen, it's not the way the it's not because the Texans are losing. It's how they're losing. So me and John are going to dive into whether or not David Cully has lost the locker room. And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans. Another week, another questionable decision over something so small and dumb. Of course, we're going to close out with the quote-unquote suspension of Zach Cunningham. But before we get on, get into all that, we're going to talk about the horrendous offensive performance and whether or not we've seen the last of Tyrod Taylor. But before we do that, John, give the listeners and the viewers numbers that just is just, it's just sad. The numbers are sad, Cody. As we mentioned, the Houston Texans took on the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. They lost 31-0 to during that game. We got some Davis Mills action. Six for 14 from the field, uh, 49 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Tyrod Taylor, five for 13 from the field, zero touchdowns, one interception. Two sacks allowed by the Houston Texans, 19 carries for 84 yards total, 4.4 yards per carry. The wide receiver core uh, had an atrocious day, to say the least. Vernon Cooks with three catches out, out of six targets, excuse me, for 38 yards. So they had a difficult day getting the ball. One of the bright spots was on, on the defensive side of the ball, Kamal Gugier-Hill combined for 20 tackles, one sack, three tackles for loss. He got a lot of playing time along with Christian Kirksey due to the absence of Zach Cunningham, the Houston Texans. You know, if we look at this roster and we can pick anybody to make a Pro Bowl, a lot of you guys may just completely say there's nobody that will make a Pro Bowl, but Opponent Cam Johnson, six punts, 302 yards, 50 yard, uh, fifty yards per kick on Sunday as well. Here's some team stats. The Houston Texans combined for 57 total passing yards. That's horrendous. Also, 141 total passing yards, 11 total drives, 2.8 yards per carry. But my favorite stat, 
The Indianapolis Colts held the ball nearly 42 minutes compared to the Houston Texans 18. The, the inability, excuse me, to establish drives, uh, keep the momentum going. There were silly plays, silly penalties that took them out of scoring range or took them out of their grooves is what ushered in what we saw on Sunday, and that is the worst offensive performance of the season. And, John, you say of the season, but I think this might be one of, if not the worst offensive performance of all time. And I understand it. I get it. When you take a look at the Houston Texans, what are we in? Year 19 with this franchise. I understand that you take a look at the bad quarterback play that they have had over the, the course of their franchise. You take a look at times there was there was the, the the team was throwing people out there on the offensive side of the ball. I remember we we was calling them by numbers because we didn't even recognize their name. However, those were due to circumstances. You go back, you take a look at the Matt Schaub era. When he wasn't in, it was only due to injuries. You could say the same thing about any era. But this does not make no kind of sense. And, John, you might disagree with me, and I am so disappointed by the performance and the output that Tyrod Taylor had. I'm going to go on the record and say this is the worst performance by a quarterback in Texans franchise history because in year 12, there is no way in the world – one, he should be making all these silly interceptions. And two, if he is the leader of the team, you're in the NFL, a lot of times you are only as good as your quarterback. And remember, going into the season, of course, at when you take into consideration everything that was going on with Deshaun Watson, we thought that Tyrod Taylor would at least keep this team competitive. And when you right. take a look at that game on yesterday and you take a look at how bad and just the low energy that they came out with, a lot of that was due to Tyrod Taylor. And I know over the last couple of weeks I've been looking at this saying it's hard to evaluate Taylor. It's hard to evaluate this offense given the offensive line play. But the offensive line honestly did not look that bad. Did they give up a couple sacks? Yes. Worse at times would they let the opposing defensive linemen rush through the line? Yes. But Tyrod Taylor was by far the worst. This man finished the game with only 49 total yards. He got subbed out midway through the third quarter. And the fact that he only had 49 passing yards, that says a lot. And John, with five games remaining, they, they – David Cully and the Texans might as well just throw Davis Mills in and just see what they have in their young quarterback. Because once again, I hate to say it, Tyrod Taylor is going to have his starting role being taken by a rookie quarterback. But unlike Los Angeles and unlike Cleveland, it's due, due to his inferior play. You know, I want to open up with Tyrod Taylor's interception on that first play. And it was all bad from there. You have the Indy touchdown, the first touchdown where the Houston Texans were not set. And then you have a couple of the following things. You have the Farrell Brown fumble. That was an unfortunate drive killer. And uh, apparently uh, Darius Leonard had a little beef with Farrell Brown because of the last time they played. He said that Farrell Brown was talking, you know, taking it too personal too far when it came to trash talk. The offense allowed the coach to take over on average, at the midfield in the first half. While the Houston Texans' average drive start was on their 16-yard line. Okay, and then you also have that Nico Collins 
that penalty, that was a drive killer where he lined over, lined up over Farrell Brown. So you got penalties that are killing drives. You have your offense that is not able to produce a lick right now, and they're putting the defense in a compromising position. Mind you, the defense held the coast to seven points in the first quarter, and that was after that early turnover. That turnover allowed the coast to sit in pretty position. I want to say they took over in the mid-30-yard line in the Texas territory. And from that moment on, they didn't score again until late in the second quarter. The defense did a very good job in containing uh, in containing Jonathan Taylor in the first half as well. And one thing I want to talk about with this defense, the last three games, we are seeing the improvement there. I want to add that Houston has held opponents to 3.3 points, an average of 3.3 points in the first quarter after surrendering surrendering 4.1 uh, in games before that in the last three games. The second quarter, six points per game in the last three games compared to nearly eight points in the last three games. Look at 4.1 in the third quarter. Before that, 7.7. Fourth quarter, 3.3. Before that, 7.2. Those are the average of points scored the Houston Texans have allowed in the last three games. In those last three games, uh, excluding to yesterday's game, 11 turnovers, getting after the quarterback, right? So they've been doing their job, but time and time after again, when you have drives, when you're taking over on the 16-yard line, but you're allowing the opposing team to take over at midfield because you're unable to do anything, yeah, that's going to get tired, and you're going to get – you're going to give up points. Nearly 42 minutes held by the Indianapolis Colts compared to 18 – for the Houston Texans. The offense was so bad that, yeah, he maybe went to the blue tent, but I don't think it was due to injury. I think they've seen enough of Tyrod Taylor. We had this conversation uh, last week and the week before last. And one time we had this conversation, not by you, but I was called crazy by a couple of listeners saying that we will see Davis Mills again before the end of this season. And whether it had been by injury or just bad play, we were going to see him again. We saw him again on Sunday. I think it was a combination of more so bad play, but injury. Moving forward, five games left. Do we see Tyrod Taylor again? Absolutely not. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see Tyrod Taylor again this season. I don't want to see him brought back for next season. I'm okay with looking at the Davis Mill experiment and moving forward with that, simply because we've already known what we were going to get out of Tyrod. The worst is what was yet to come, but it came. And it's, it's, it's over. Thank you for his services. You know, he gave Houston a big win, gave Houston two big wins. But what can he possibly do for the development right now for Nico Collins or the development right now for Brevin Jordan? What can he do? If you guys are like me, carry your phone. You have to watch the Texan game on your phone while you're at work, maybe risking your job to watch a franchise produce what they produce. We have something that can make your life a whole lot easier. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle with Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there is no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. We are free 
and available on all platforms. Carter, we have a platform, and what I want to bring attention to is the fans, are the fans, excuse me, those fans that despite the product out on the field, those fans that go to Ticketmaster, those fans that go to maybe Texans.com, Game Time, the app where they find you tickets, you're sitting there, you're buying those $8 tickets, and it's so bad at the stadium right now that those price-gouging foods like the hot dogs and chicken tenders, those are drop prices. You're still going to the game, and you are still supporting this Houston Texan team. There's one guy who's third down. They needed to stop. He stood up. He was screaming to the fans, let's get loud, let's get loud. And I swear to you, the fans looked at him like, if you don't sit your ass down, we're just here, so we won't get fired. <laughs> But shout out to the fans, man. I know this is rough for a lot of you guys, right? You want to see your team succeed and you're, you know, disappointed in the decisions the past 12 months by the Houston Texans. And some of you guys are still sticking it out. No to Joe Brady. I want to throw that out there. Joe Brady does not need to be in the Houston Texan franchise. Well, the way things been looking over the last 18 months, I would not be surprised if – if come March, we sitting here talking about the hiring of Joe Brady because this, that's the kind of stuff this organization does. And, John, really quick, you know, speaking of the fans, you know, once again, shout out to y'all, man, because at the end of the day, you guys deserve a hell of a lot better. But, you know, in the first segment, I talked about how disappointed I was in Tyrod Taylor with him being the leader of this, of this franchise, the leader of the offense, and – they put together one of, if not the worst offensive performance in Houston Texans history. And once again, I know that is a stretch, but John, listeners, you guys should know me, know me by now. I am a guy who looks at everything in its totality. And when I can't point out injuries, when I can't point out the fact that, oh, this is only your second game, when I can't point out any type of excuse, any pass to give this performance – then yes, this is by far the worst offensive performance in Houston Texans history. But along with Tyrod Taylor, and John, this is going to hurt me as well because you know I have been a guy who has taken up for the head coach plenty of times. The fact that, one, he is an African-American coach, one of few in the NFL, and two, um, I've said time and time again that he isn't the end-all, the end-all, be-all coach like the other 31 coaches in the National Football League. However, with that being said, John, I think David Culley has lost the locker room because the way this team came out prior to kickoff, they it was like the, their, their body language said, all right, let's hurry up and just get this over with so we can get our paycheck and go home. And when I looked at their body language yesterday prior to the game, in comparison to the other, the the other what eleven games of the season, the one thing I would say David Culley has always done to this team. It didn't matter if they was losing forty nothing to the Buffalo Bills. It didn't matter if they lost what twenty five to twenty three to the New England Patriots or getting a win in the in the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars or of course their late their latest win against the Tennessee Titans. He has always been a great motivational speaker. And it always seems like it was his positivity that kept. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. 
it always seems like it was his positivity that kind of kept this locker room together. But John, <laughs> after yesterday, once again, looking at the body language of this team entering the game, this has to be rock bottom. And once again, and I and, and I still do believe, and I know for a fact that he isn't the main one calling the shots, but David Cully has really done this franchise a disservice, and I hate to say it. Why do you hate to say it? Um... Because, once again, as I just mentioned, I am a guy who looks at everything in its totality. This isn't Bill O'Brien when he was King Bill. This is David Cully. I don't even know if he has the rights to put the lineups together. That's how much, that's how, that's how little power I know he has as a quote unquote NFL head coach. And that is sad. But like I just mentioned, the one thing that I knew he had was the ability to keep this team motivated and the ability to keep this team, to keep the positivity around this team. Shout out to my boy, Andrew. This is directed towards him. Uh, he's a big, long time Texas fan, big Texas fan, and he's upset right now at how his franchise is operating. So I want to show him some love on this segment. But you guys have to remember a conversation Cody and I had months ago. As soon as David Cully was hired, I went back and looked at his resume. And one thing that completely caught my eye was the fact the year the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers did not score a touchdown, he was a wide receiver coach. Hmm. And I look at months later, here we are, the play calling between uh, well, with Tim Kelly. We're questioning it. We have questioned the play calling. We are now in week 13. We've questioned the play calling for 11 weeks at least. We didn't question it against the Browns. We didn't really question it against the Patriots. Okay. Oh, the Jags. Or, or halfway. I mean, not the Browns. I meant the, I meant the Jags for the first game of the year. But, but so to your now, point, the first half before Tyrod Taylor went down, the play calling was still pretty good before pretty, he went pretty, down. I do pretty, want to mention yeah, that, though. Pretty fair, right. But now we're looking at this offense that is flat out hard to watch, very preschoolish. Uh, it reminds me of a Jeff Fisher-led offense. And there's nobody else on this franchise, I'm sorry, on this coaching staff that can take over. Now, normally we'd be able to delegate the responsibility to someone if it was time to move on from the play calling. We saw that with Bill O'Brien. Remember when Bill O'Brien finally, after years of holding on to the clipboard and where they was uh, George Godsey or now Tim Kelly, when he finally was able to say, I'm not going to do it anymore, he had somebody else to pass the ball off to. Without Tim Kelly, there's nobody else to call plays. Another thing, I'm not sure how much of a motivator as he was for the players outside of it was motivating to be in the NFL, make a check, and have an opportunity to show that I deserve in the league. I deserve to be in the league, right? And if you look around the guys that are actually doing that, Brandon Cooks, we know he's going to be in the league next year unless he decides to retire. A lot of the guys that are making plays, like Rougier Hill, he had 20 tackles today. That's a great audition for somebody, if not the Texans. And and I kind of wonder with the salary cap going up, this is a discussion, will the Houston Texans have to overpay for a lot of guys and bring them back just so they won't make their roster decisions harder, right? Mm. But I, I'm not sure how much of a motivator he was. I'm not sure how much well, of the, the players bought into him. I've, 
I feel like they were in a position where I'm in the NFL and I have opportunity to play this lifelong dream. I don't really need a reason from this guy. Now, maybe there was guys that liked him. Maybe he was more of a player's coach. And in, the, in that case, yes, I don't think he has a locker room anymore. I, don't, I think this locker room is in disarray. I think this locker room is in confusion. I think this locker room lacks faith in anything good for the Houston Texans. I'm not 100% sure that it was David Culley who was the guy that was the, you know, the, the, the guy that was able to round the guys up, like maybe a Dan Campbell in Detroit. By the way, thanks to Detroit, Houston now still has a chance to <laughs> land the number one pick. That's the end game, baby. But you know, I'm not 100% sure. And I look at this coach, I look at these uh, suspensions, uh, benchings, all of these decisions, whether it's his or not, he's the face. He's going to take the heat. If there's guys on the inside looking out, ready to leave this franchise once week seven, uh, week 18, game 17 is played. Because I don't believe they believe in him. And, John, to that point, when I mean by motivated, I'm talking about what I'm seeing at the games. Like, prior to yesterday, every time a player went on the sideline, if they made a mistake or whatever the case might be, David Kelly was always one of the first coaches to go over there and kind of give that player a, a prep talk. And then once they get back out there on the field, whatever he told them, you can see whatever David Kelly said to him, no matter the player, they will go out there and give it just a little bit more extra effort. I did not see that on yesterday. David Cully talked and they went back out there just as lackadaisical as they was before. The and and that's what it is exactly. And that is where my issue lies of whether or not David Cully has lost the locker room or at least lost a little bit of the respect that he had, because that's saying something. If you're talking to your player, you give him a prep talk or you coaching him and they go out there and try to execute what you told them, that lets you know that you have somewhat of a respect. But yesterday I did not see that at all. And I saw David Cully on the sideline trying to, quote, unquote, pump his team up. I watched David Cully continuously talking to his team and nothing got done. That, that's what I mean by the, motiv- by the motivation factor of these things. Yeah, it's kind of hard to have motivation when at halftime you have 48 yards. There's no motivation in under 50 yards at halftime as an NFL team. And to make matters worse, you are an NFL team that is a season and a half removed from greatness. So uh, I do want to encourage everybody to understand that this rebuild is going to take time. Be patient. John, Being I honestly patient. don't think they have time, man. I'm not playing. Nobody was in that stadium, and the fans that the, that were in the stadium, they booed just about the entire game. This is not going to be your normal rebuild. I, I honestly don't think this franchise have that, that type of time. Before we get out of here for today's show, here's another word from our sponsors. This holiday season, grab a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar at times with Bill Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decadent flavor, covered in 100% chocolate, amazingly low in calories, sugars, net carbs, fats, and high in protein. 
You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. You have the raspberry, mint brownie, chocolate, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on a Bill Bar Puff. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Bill.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than never before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Viewers, before we head out of here today, you got the Lonnie Johnson, you got the Zach Cunninghams, you got the Justin Reeves. We got these decisions that are being made on behalf of Coach Culler, this coaching staff, with benching some players on this Houston team. And for Justin Reed and Zach Cunningham, mainly still Justin Reed, but just for, I'm sorry, for Zach Cunningham, this will be his second game suspension of the year. We've known about the to lack of lack of better words, the disagreements between Zach Cunningham, maybe this decision to go from a 4-3, I'm sorry, from a 3-4 to a 4-3. His play hasn't been that good. He, he's not being able to really been on the field as much. There's been games where he's playing under 50% of the defensive snaps. Reed, like I mentioned, Johnny, I mean, not Johnny, Lonnie. What's going on with these benchings, Cody? I know that you're around the franchise every day. Disciplinary actions is what they're calling it. We've heard last week that Justin Reed had a strong disagreement with David Cully in regards to whatever was said at practice. Are these guys, and this is a mention kind of back towards what we just talked about with losing the locker room. Are these guys just flat out not believing in the philosophy that this team is trying to build right now? Yes and no. And I do want to point out that <laughs> – Every single one of these suspensions this year, majority of them, some of them, yeah, the players was kind of cutting up. But every time there was a quote-unquote disagreement with the coaching staff, it was always a defensive player. And I think that's kind of funny because at the end of the day, we really don't know what is going on between these disagreements. But from what I've been told, especially what took place last week with Justin Reed, it kind of went along the lines of David Cully kind of calling out the defense when they have been by far the best position group, the best part of the Houston Texans throughout the 2021 season. And that is where the disagreement between Cully and Justin Reed 
came in and it's kind of understandable because john how many times have you and i we just did it a couple minutes ago how many times have you and i come here breaking down the game and saying well the defense held their own but they started giving up points in the second half because they was tired due to the offense inability to sustain drives i say all that just to say you mentioned some of these names and even zach cunningham and by the way zach cunningham did start off the year kind of slow but over the last couple of games he has been picking it up but what i hate most about these suspensions it's about little stuff that really do not make sense and from what i've been told about zach cunningham and i'm still trying to figure out the entire story apparently they suspended him because he missed his COVID test so i'm looking at this from a standpoint of your home and i know the houston texans COVID um testing site is always open so you telling me you know he might have missed the team window but you couldn't get him to just reschedule his time like i said i'm still trying to figure out the whole entire story but john that and then you also got to take a look at the take a look at it from a standpoint that this team isn't talented enough to be handing out suspensions over little knickknack stuff like this and 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 you're and you're talking about guys like a Justin Reed, like a Zach Cunningham, who are still very valuable to the Houston Texans. Now, granted, having Zach Cunningham out there on the field wasn't going to make that much of a difference for the Texans coming out as a winner or a loser in yesterday's game. But it's right. starting to be an embarrassment every single week. You see a healthy scratch for a player a very reliable and a very valuable player over this over a suspension and when you find out these reasons it's about little to nothing once again you cannot be the patriots of the south let that go they could suspend whoever they want when you have arguably the greatest coach and the greatest quarterback of all time you're winning championships and whatever you're doing is working for that particular team john i'm getting so sick and tired of tweeting every single week and by the way i found out about the justin reed suspension the day before the game i just couldn't say anything but i'm getting so sick of every single week learning about these quote-unquote suspensions and discipline stuff when your team isn't good enough to begin with Well, Cody's frustrated after another loss by it's, the Houston it, Texans. Because at this point, it's just getting it, – it's it's beyond an embarrassment, John. Well – And it's how what, they're losing. This is what people were not, I don't think, prepared for, to see that the process of going back from the bottom, they stripped down everything. I would say the last six years were maybe – some of the most successful years in regards to the totality of it. There were times with Kubiak, they were good. There were times they were really bad. But overall, you know, with, with Bill O'Brien, they won multiple in a row division champions. I mean, you know, division crowns. They got to the playoffs. They won a couple of playoff games, right? So they started from the bottom when getting rid of Bill O'Brien. New GM, new head coach, new coaching staff that your head coach doesn't even pick so – you know, that plays a big part in everything. Where's the trust? Where's the lie right now? 
And I don't think people were really prepared for what we were going to see. Again, if we didn't win here in town here for the Houston Texans, they didn't win four games, more than four games last year with, with Deshaun Watson and how that made people feel, then not winning at least four games, three games this year without them and everything that comes on the side of that, it amplifies more, it intensifies more, and this will only get worse before it gets good. And I'll tell you this, Bryce Young does come out in 2023, and that young man put on a show against Georgia. I think he stamped his victory for the Heisman, and I would love an opportunity to see him in Houston. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Also, subscribe to the YouTube page at Locked On Texans as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. John, listeners, really quick before closing out. John, yes, nobody was, was prepared for this rebuild. But like I say every single week, this team should not be in this position. And and I you and I've used this analogy a lot. <laughs> the Rockets, people was prepared for the rebuild because throughout the eight, nine years James Harden was here, they tried everything they could to get a championship. They tried. And when it was over, it was over. It was time to move on. Everything that happened in the, in the last what 18 to 24 months should not have happened. There's no way in the hell we should be sitting here talking about Tyrod Taylor being the worst quarterback in franchise history. It should not be. And to be honest with you, I really do feel for the fans. I really do. But until next week, until when the Texans find another way to piss us off, when we think it can't get any worse, of course, we'll be back tomorrow, guys. Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.